The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. And light shines in the darkness, and the darkness shall not, has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by a man's decision, but of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as of his father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace. Because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. The Gospel of the Lord. I've been reflecting a bit on my, my own personal experience of this Christmas celebrations this year, particularly with regards to family, as they've uh, very frequently this year, um, they've changed. Typically on Christmas Eve, I would gather with my, my siblings and their children, and we would be able to have the, the standard grits and griots that my stepfather would cook, and then we would do uh, sugar cookies for the little kids, and you know, was a, there was a certain ritual, there was a routine that was had. Yet this year, yesterday, I was here at the rectory most of the morning, hearing confessions here and there, or uh, doing a little bit of work in the office here and there, and just quietly preparing for the evening masses. It was a different day. It was a good day. It's not as if everything was difficult and burdensome, but it was different. And the reason that things were different is that something in the last year and a half has begun to happen within my family. My nieces and nephews have started having children of their own. And to this point, it was myself, my siblings, and their kids. And it was easy for us to simply gather and to have our own family tradition as we've had it for 30, 40 years now. But with the gift of these new ones, these individual families are starting to develop their own traditions. And our other traditions in the family are little by little moving around, turning into different dates, different times. We're reflecting on this. Because the reality of the fact of a child changes things. I was also talking with a friend earlier this week who, was, who gave, uh, who has, uh, his wife gave birth last week. And so he is a, he's a new father. 
And he sounded like a new father on the phone when I was talking to him, uh, both because of the tiredness of, of the reality of fatherhood, but also just the awe of what was happening, the awe of being able to hold his child in his arms. It was a marvelous thing to hear him reflecting upon this reality. A little child changes things. It changes us. It changes our nature. It made my friend into a father when before he simply wasn't. It began to be able to move things around in my own family. All sorts of things are tweaked and changes simply at the birth of a child. And these are ordinary children as they're born every single day all throughout the world. And yet, with their presence, things drastically change all around them. These children have not said a word, and yet the whole world is responding and adapting to them, to their presence. If the world around them changes on account of simple, ordinary children, how much more so ought the world to change at the birth of the Savior of the world? This has been a, my continuous reflection of the recent days is the fact of how different things likely would have been had it not been for the, for, for the birth of our Lord. Certainly, we would not be celebrating the year 2021. That's the center point. Everything changed. It focused upon Him. We would celebrate a different year, likely a different month, different days on the calendar, as very often things will be uh, counted differently or named differently through the year than what we have currently as our own, as our own system. We would experience an entirely different life, a different culture. The world that we understand, the world that we live in, our Western culture itself, is built upon Christianity, Catholicism in particular. It is the church that was given to us by Christ and then went out and began to seek to spread the gospel, to share the good news with all the world. And it's that gospel message, that call to share the gospel with every single person on this earth that led certain individuals to be able to go off across the sea and to find new places, our own homeland here. Everything that we experience has been touched by the birth of Jesus Christ. The scriptures tell us that even creation itself was groaning in anticipation of its redemption. The cosmos itself, all things that exist, have been changed simply because of the birth of this child. All of this is to say he is no ordinary child, of course. He is God. He is the Word made flesh, the one through whom all things are made, as we just heard. He is our Savior, the one who comes to save us from our sin and to ransom us for God's house to be able to change the course of our eternity, that which would have been simply loss and sadness, suffering and pain, has been transformed, and he offers to us, if we are willing, to become children of God and to have eternal joy rather than the opposite. Everything is changed with his birth. It is to ensure that we too allow our own selves to be changed. It is for us to have a change of heart continuously Converting our own hearts, allowing them to be converted more fully by Christ himself, really. To become more and more in love with Christ, more and more other Christs, by virtue of our own baptism. God has transformed the world. He wants to transform our lives as well. To be able to bring light where there is darkness, faith where there is doubt, hope where there is despair. All of these things 
he himself can do. He has come to us, and he invites us to respond. Well, the church would invite us to respond in four particular ways to the coming of our Savior, to the coming to respond to this wonderful gift that is given to us in the child Jesus. The first thing that the heart ought to respond in the face of this great mystery is with adoration. It is right for us to sing as we begin Holy Mass, Come, let us adore Him. Come, let us adore Him. Come, let us adore Him. We don't adore Him as if we, it's just simply a nice, cute thing, as if He were just a, a, superior, more, a more superior element of a cute kitten or a cute puppy that you just adore. They're so adorable, right? It is adoration that is given to Christ. Adoration is the first act of the virtue of religion. It is to worship, to adore, to come and to bow down before, to bend the knee before this one. It is to recognize that the ox and the ass knew their Lord. All of creation, again, knows him. But sadly, it is our own hearts that sometimes can be deaf to him. And it is for us to ensure that when we recognize him, we first come to worship. He is no mere child. He is God in our very flesh. On account of this great mystery, the second response of our heart aren't necessarily to be joy, to rejoice at this gift, to marvel at it, to be overwhelmed with the mystery of it, and just to allow our hearts to be filled with such great, such great excitement at this news, because indeed there was no hope, there was only loss, there was only suffering and darkness, but now with the coming of the Savior, now with the birth of our Lord, it is joy He comes to bring to us, because there is a hope, there is a future, and there is a present that is more peace. It's to be filled with holy joy at the coming of our Lord. As we are filled with holy joy, it then speaks to us to go to gratitude. Recognize in the fullness of it, being able to exult in the joy of this occasion, being able to rejoice in the joy of the fact of the Savior coming to us to save us from our sins, it is then to turn back to Him in thanksgiving, because this is a gift we could never merit. It is something that we would never even be able to ask, really. It is too much. The gap between us and God is far too wide for us even to be able to hope upon our own strength that God will save us and bring us to the other side. But it is God who has come down among us to bridge that gap and to be able to do exactly that which we could not ask. It is absolute gift, pure gift, that is given to us. There's no way that we can repay God for what he has done for us. There's nothing that we can ever do to be able to say, thank you enough. And yet, we ought to say it continuously in our hearts. And lastly, as we seek to repay the Lord with gratitude, the fourth response of the heart ought then to be love. Recognizing the gift that has been given to us, it is then to turn back to Him and to seek to give what we are able to give ourselves. God has poured His love into our hearts. He has poured so many generous gifts upon us by virtue of the birth of His Son and the life that He lived in this world. It is for us to seek to love Him as He has loved us. And this is all He will ever ask. We can never repay Him again. We can never love Him even the smallest amount as much as He loves us. 
but what joy it does bring to the heart of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to know that we love Him, to know that even our small love is a tremendous blessing to Him. And so this is what we offer on this blessed feast, adoration, joy, gratitude, and love for the love the Father has bestowed upon us.